chapter 16. Matthew 16, and I will, I will read, first of all, I will just read one verse of Scripture. And we will, of course, we will go back a little bit and talk about it. Matthew chapter 16, and verse 13. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And we're talking about questions that Jesus asked. And he, he asked his disciples, uh, uh, what's the talk around that, that they, what's people thinking or saying that, that who I am? Amen. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that tonight. And I want to just kind of bring up a little notice. I'm sure that you probably would notice these scriptures or had, amen, that uh, Jesus and his disciples left Judea and followed up. I don't know where it was the Jordan River or not when it came out of or came into the uh, Sea of Galilee. They followed that, old, that, that, that river up toward uh, Mount Hermon. In fact, they left Judea they left Galilee at that time. And so when, they, when Jesus just led his disciples on out and said, you know, they stopped at the border. Pharisees, Sadducees, and lawyers, and, and so forth. Evidently, they stopped because Jesus got alone with his disciples up there in Caesarea Philippi. And uh, that was, you, you, you've heard the, the scriptures talking about Israel from Dan to Beersheba. Well, it went from Dan on north from Dan all the way up, going in the almost the uh, the river trails up to Mount Hermon, and uh, and they he got along. Amen. They they didn't nobody follow him just except the twelve disciples. Amen. It was an old Greek settlement with caves and 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 whatnot. Amen. It was more of a, of a population at that time than it is even today. Amen. According to some of the scripture or commentaries I was reading. And it was, it was called the Gates of Hell. And now they cannot tell you, amen, where it got its name. But it was a place where Jesus got his disciples away from everybody and started talking about revelation of who he really was. Amen. And he called those disciples up there. Amen. What's the question now? Amen. I want to know what's going through your mind. You, you're following me, but uh, this, now this is the first six months of Jesus' ministry. He has hardly got his, all chosen his disciples at this period of time. But yet... Uh, they followed him because they thought he was Messiah. I think that was, that's true. But Jesus asked, what, did, what was people saying? And they thought, and you, know, you can read on there, and they, they, they thought that he was John the Baptist. Uh, and it's, it's not reincarnation. It's, it was, they thought that they come in the spirit of John the Baptist or, I, or Elijah or... Uh, or uh, or, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. That's verse number 14. And then he said, but whom do you say that I am? That's his second question. I want to know, I want to know, you're followers of me, you believe, I've asked you to follow me, and you believe that I am Messiah, but who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up. Amen. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I, 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 I know by revelation, some, God's been talking to me. Uh, he, he, I'm, I'm going to say this, not sarcastically, but God needed to talk to Peter just a little bit more in some situations. 
Whom do you say that I am? You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Berjona. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you, unto thee, that thou art Peter. Simon, who do you say I am? I'm going to tell you, thou art Peter. You're the rock. You've got a revelation. Amen. God has spoken to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You, and I'm going to establish upon that rock. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And that's the word that kind of knew, amen, church. Praise God. A future event. Amen. On the day of Pentecost. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to pause there for a moment right there. Uh, gates of hell. Was Peter or was Jesus saying that the gates of hell could not stop the church from taking over or evangelizing? It was the gates of hell. And I think that he was saying that, you know, nothing can stop the church Amen. In its ministry. I looked at the maps. I looked at the maps today in some of the some of our Bibles and it was looking through at the maps. And I was I was really got a picture, I guess I could say, of what the early church did in the first century. The first century church had all of the area of uh, what we would call Syria, Assyria, in that area, all the way over, amen. And then even down toward the uh, India. Uh, in fact, some of the disciples was slain in India. And into the west, they went all the way to England, Spain, France, and all of the area of Germany, and, 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 and all the way up almost to the uh, northern part of Sweden and that. But, but the church was spread out basically to where all the civilized world was at that period of time. The early church almost reached the world. And we are still striving to do that. Amen. Whom do you say that I am? You are the Christ. You're the God that's fulfilling all the promises of the prophets and, and, and so forth. Amen. Amen. Jesus wanted amen, to them to affirm their faith. We must remember many believed that John the Baptist was Messiah. Or in Elijah, that was the spirit of Elijah. Many of them, amen, uh, then followed Jesus, but but they they believed. But yet now he's asking his disciples to want to reaffirm or to confirm their their commitment. Amen. As apostles, amen. Praise God. Amen. And amen. They believe that Jesus. Amen. The, a lot of people believe that Jesus was, was John the Baptist. Amen. And I'm, 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 t I'm not talking about, you know, they, they just really believe that, and Herod believed that John the Baptist had re-risen himself, and others believed that he was Messiah. But whom do you say that I am? Amen. That's a good question for you and I to do today. I want to turn to Philippians. Turn Philippians, the... The third chapter, and uh, we will read some verses of scripture of uh, some of the beliefs, I guess I could say. Amen. Philippians, amen. The third chapter, and I'll begin with reading it to 10 verse. Paul was saying, uh, I want to know him. Amen. That I may know him, verse number 10. 
Philippians 3 and 10. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Amen. And I will be made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, neither was already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend from which also I am apprehended in Christ Jesus. There's some scriptures, and you can read on in that, amen, that Paul was wanting to be identified as a disciple of Christ. He wanted to be identified with the sufferings of Christ. Amen, I, I may kind of get a little talk about that because, well, there's a lot of people that thinks I accept Christ as my Savior and everything's going to be taken care of. My bank account's going to be okay and uh, he, he can always take care of my problems and so forth. And they never really think about, and I'm not, this is not my se subject tonight, about following him. We'll, we'll get to that. But, but uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, Paul was saying, I want to be identified with him in sufferings because I'm a follower of his. I, I want to be like him. Amen. The book of Matthew gives us a clear picture of how it all transpired of our creator, how he, he, he came and made everything available to us. Uh, I will turn back there to, uh, to the first chapters of Matthew and uh, we'll, we'll see how, how Jesus came to the earth. He met his, his uh, birth. Amen. We're all familiar with that, I'm sure. But Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Amen. It says it like this. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. And before they had come together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was, was not willing to make her a public example, but was mindful to put her away privately. In other words, he was just wanting to uh, let this pass away and not, not make a big ado out of it. But while he was thinking that, while he was thinking on the angel of the Lord, amen, told Joseph, amen, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Amen. All in capital. For he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. That's, that's, what, that's what Matthew was writing. But you know, it was not a public it was not a public event that everybody knew when he was born in Bethlehem's manger. With no room for him there. Just he was just another child was going to be born and and, and so forth. You, you you know the story. But there was Messiah. Amen. God robed in human flesh was coming down. Amen. Thou art the Christ. I know who you are. Amen. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says, For there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. You get that? Now, it may surprise you. I look this. In Matthew in Matthew, 32 times, Jesus called himself the Son of Man. There are zero times that Jesus called himself the Son of God. Mark, 12 times in Mark, Jesus called himself. This is Jesus talking. Called himself the Son of Man. 
zero times that he called himself the Son of God. Now, are you thinking? In Luke, 25 times Jesus called himself as the Son of Man. Zero times did Jesus ever say that he was the Son of God. Now, Matthew tells us he was. But Jesus wanted to identify himself with you and I. The Son of Man. The Son of Man. The Son of Man. The Son of Man. And Paul told the the church, or Timothy, could I say, Paul told Timothy, there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, and he said, the man Christ Jesus. John, 11 times he considered he called himself the son of man, and four times there was that he was being identified as John was endeavoring to, to tell that Jesus was the creator. He was in the world, but the world was made by him, and the world didn't know him, knew him not, and, uh, and so forth. So what, what I'm trying to say today is that Jesus was identifying himself as being our Savior. Amen. Now, I may hit on a little bit here. Uh, let's just let's go back to, to uh, 1 Timothy. And I'll read a little bit more here on 1 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, we'll read a little story. I, I, I could tell you the preacher that preached for this time or two here uh, in, our, in our pulpit. And Brother Harrelson has made mention. But 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 13 through 15. Amen. Paul is giving a little revelation to Timothy. He's the pastor of the church there in Ephesus. I'll begin the 13th verse. And he said, For Adam was first formed and then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved with, in childbearing if they continue in the faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. And Paul was writing there, and he was saying that the woman was deceived. Now, what we're going to have to do now is go back to Genesis. We're going to have to go back to Genesis, the third chapter, and uh, read a little story there. And uh, I'm just trying to uh, give us some thinking, amen, of who Jesus was and so forth. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 6. And when the woman saw, I'm not going to read that, you know, what, when the woman, Satan had tempted Eve to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and the tree to be desired to make one wise, make them submissive to God, but it made, made her wise. And she took the fruit thereof and did eat. And then she gave it to her husband and uh, with her and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened and, 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 and so forth. Amen. Um, and just go back, skip over now when Jesus, when, excuse me, when God comes and starts walking in the garden, he, he calls for them. Verse number 14. And the Lord said unto the serpent, now he's putting the curse now, he speaks here to the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and the dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will, put, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. 
and it shall bruise thy heel, and thou shalt bruise his head. Or, 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 or he, she shall, her seed shall bruise your head. Amen. But he was talking to the devil, but you're going you're gonna to bruise her heel. In other words, I could just take, a, take that subject there and say, um, the Lord told, God told, uh, told the devil, you're, you're going you're gonna to really mess up a lot of people. They're going to bruise their heels. But the seed of the woman is going to destroy you. You know how you kill a snake? Step on his head, brush it. And God made this, this is a messianic prophecy. God was saying that this woman, this, 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 should I say this man that was born to woman is going to destroy the powers of the devil. It happened there in Matthew, I just read to you well, just a moment ago. Even though God revealed to Peter, amen, uh, who Jesus really was, he never really grasped, Peter never really grasped uh, let me, uh, amen, he, he never did grasp the, uh, the story that uh, we have, we're talking about tonight. Amen. Matthew, um, 16th chapter. Amen. I'm going to just run on a little bit here to the 22nd verse chapter, or 22nd verse of the 16th chapter. Bible says that Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Amen. Lord, this shall not be unto thee. When Jesus had told them that what was going to partake, what he was going to happen to him. Uh, uh, and uh, now here in, here in Matthew, that what we're talking about now, amen, it's, it's on over in his ministry. And um, he's, he told him that he was going to go to Jerusalem and he was going to, well, he was going to be crucified. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, I want him to deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen. But uh, we, we, there's a story that I want to, uh, I want to kind of go to that uh, to show you just what they really were kindly uh, believing. I think it's found in uh, Mark, the 10th chapter. Mark, chapter 10. Let's read a few verses of Scripture. Mark, chapter 10, and verse 35. What I'm trying to say is they had a revelation of who Jesus was, Messiah, but they didn't have a revelation of what he came for. But he came to bruise Satan's head. He came... Amen. As God himself told uh, the devil in the third chapter. But uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse 35. And this is just an interlude to what we talk about tonight. And James and John, you ever heard of them? The sons of Zebedee came unto him saying, now when the 10th chapter of Mark is they're on their way to Jerusalem. If you back up just a few verses of scripture, amen. May I just back up a few scriptures? Amen. Jesus talking, Behold, I go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priest and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him unto the Gentiles, and they shall mock him and scourge him and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. Verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, says, I want to be on your right hand and your left when you come into your kingdom. That's a good sermon. They... They never grasped just what Jesus had just said. They were only like you and I, sometimes wanting promotions rather than, you know. Could you imagine? 
Could you imagine? They had just, Jesus had just told them he's going to be killed. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. They're going to scourge me. They're going to, and they were saying, I want on your left hand, and I want on your right. I wouldn't want to be on his left hand and his right, would you? You see, sometimes what people uh, do not grasp in the words that the Lord was saying, and, and certainly the disciples couldn't see all of that. And uh, when I was reading and studying this lesson, I, 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 I was just, uh, what? what are you talking about? What are you asking? You want to be crucified on one side and the other of, with Jesus? Are you able to do this, Lord asked? And I said, yeah, we're able, we're able. But uh, they did not know what they were asking for. Amen. And you know, sometimes in, in this lesson right here, when Peter gave the revelation of, I know who you are, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, amen, the Son of the living God, Amen. And Jesus was trying to reveal to them who he was. Blessed are thou, Simon, but Jonah, flesh and blood. You've got a revelation from God for that. But I want to tell you, you don't fully understand what all's going to be going on. And he had to, you know, he had to walk them through, and, and they still couldn't grasp it. Amen. They got themselves in trouble. And even all the other disciples were upset because of that. Amen. They was not wanting to be crucified with Christ. They were, Paul said it himself, but I, I can turn there to Galatians. Amen. And, and, and it will tell us what Paul understood and what Paul felt of his relationship with God. It's, it's far beyond. Amen. And maybe... Maybe as we understand it, and I will. This is this is my point tonight. Amen. That we can be identified with Him by, Amen, Amen. Galatians chapter two, in verses nineteen, uh, verses two, chapter two, and verse nineteen and twenty. For I through the law was am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul knew. Eve, after, the, after the crucifixion, the disciples did too, but, but what I'm really walking through today is the question that Jesus asked the disciples, and they had revelation, they believed, but they didn't understand how that the price of salvation would come. Now, what I'm... I wonder if we fully understand the price that we are to pay. Paul gave us that to let us know that we were to take up our cross and follow him. Amen. We, uh, we think that, and I, I, I did, I kind of jumped the gun a while ago when I was saying but there's a lots of people feel like that when they get the Lord Jesus Christ into their heart, my life's all, all uh, is taken care of. Yeah. I, have, have, you been re, have you been reading about the flood out in California? How many of you are reading and hearing about that? All the flooding that was out there? Turn on your radio. Uh, there's there's not programs on radio like it is on other places you get your news. But I this 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 is me. Okay, okay. I've just been thinking. 
For the last 10, 15 years, they've been praying for rain. And it was dry. The lakes are going dry. Everything just parched. Lord, we want rain. We want rain. We want rain. And, and, and finally they got broke through to God. No, I don't know. But they have got years of rain in just a matter of the last few weeks. And... Uh, I, I, I was just thinking, okay, I, I, I can't say that what I'm saying, but, but I tell you what this, I believe that your prayers, that you've prayed years and years and years for things, amen, you might just say, when it comes, it's going to come with a luge. We pray for a revival in this church. We pray for years for a revival in this church. We've been praying more, amen. Lately, for a revival in this church, it's not. It's 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 just. It's not that we are we're feeling like well, God, you don't hear us or whatever. We because every prayer and every tear, and every commitment, and everything that we are, have asked for and done, they're still they're still in the courts of heaven. They're still, as somebody said, on the altars of heaven. Amen. You just keep building faith and believing. Amen. And I didn't say that all the rain is because that's a five years of praying, but it, it was coincidental in my thoughts, in my mind, that uh, they, they got what they were praying for. And I imagine they're going to start praying now. God, cut it off. Cut it off. Please cut it off. But folks, prayers are answered. And Jesus keeps asking questions. He keeps asking questions, amen. And, uh, and it, we go on in this chapter, and we get another set of questions that Jesus asks. Amen. And, uh, and right on down to the, uh, the 24th. Tw let's just read. I'll begin the 21st verse. Amen. Uh, with the second questions questions that Jesus asked. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. But Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, thou this shall not be unto you. That's the that's, that's the guy that got the revelation right just right there in a few verses before. Amen. But you're not telling the truth here. Be it far from you. Not so. I was looking for a Messiah to take care of everything for us. Come on. Amen. Then Peter took him again. But Jesus turned and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art the offense unto me, for thou serverest not the things that be of God, but those things are those that be of men. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen. Folks, Jesus is bidding us not to, not to get so believing that he's going to take care of all my problems because we're here to be a committed sacrifice to him. The disciples couldn't see their responsibilities of what following the Lord was preparing for them. Now, you all know, and I, I've read the stories, and I, can't, I, I, I don't have the mind to remember it all. But 10 of those disciples 
that were, he was talking to gave their lives for this gospel message. They lived with Jesus in a foggy and thinking, I, he'll take care of everything that I want, my needs. Uh, I, I just believe living for God, amen. He owns cattle of a thousand hills. Amen. Amen. Uh, some people, you know, we, we, we've got to recognize the fact that we're here to commit our lives as a living sacrifice, yes. offering ourselves. Hello. Hello. Peter could not grasp what Jesus had just told them of what was going to happen to him. Amen. Uh, I, 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 I know, I, I know uh, um, that there's a lot of folks that thinks, thinks that, uh, that they can get by in this world. <laughs> I got some notes. I'm skipping a little bit, but... Uh, the uh, pride, pride is what we feel like that that uh, that God is going to take care of, and we're just going to live a glorious life, hey, uh, and, and, and et cetera. I've got this story I'm going to tell. Uh, I ain't. I'm going to go. I'm not going to reveal too much of this, but. Uh, I, uh, a gentleman talked to me some about a year and a half, two years ago, and I and he was telling me some stories of how that he was, how kind of a lifestyle he was living, and uh, I found out, you know, well through his telling me, I I I'm, I'm going to tell it somewhat is where I believe it at all or not, but anyway, he was, he was telling me that how that he was uh, going down to Mexico. And uh, how he made his living. I, I, he, he, was tr he was going to Mexico and, and hauling a, 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 a cattle out of Mexico. And if the price was right, this, this is what he said, this is the way he, was, he lived, where the price was right. When they gave him so much money to, to haul those cattle out of Mexico, he would slay a cow or maybe two the most and put them up in the front of this cattle trailer with uh, probably close to 100 more cows and uh, he would open them up fill them full of cocaine the, the cavity and he'd stick them up in the front there and, then, and when they would get to the border they would say oh yeah it looks like you got a cow in there yeah yeah we we can't we can't uh, stop and put all the cows out you know yet but when we get across the border, we, we'll, we'll take care of this. Now, he, uh, if he, I'm, I'm either telling a liar he was one. I'm just repeating what he said. That's the way he made his living, hauling cows and cocaine at the same time, which was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, and he, was, he was wanting to just get by in life and live the great life. But Jesus here goes on, he says this, and he talks about, amen. And Jesus said unto them, if any man is going to come after me, he is going to have to deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall try to save his life is going to lose it. Now it gets down to where if Jesus said, if you're trying to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you're willing to lose your life for the Lord, you'll find it. Hello. Two times Jesus talked about taking up crosses. Matthew, the 10th chapter, and the 37th through the 8th verse, 38th verse, and Matthew chapter 16 and 24, here, in these two, two times, Jesus talked about taking up crosses. Mark chapter 8. In verse 38, and I'm not going to read these, but then Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. These two, amen, two different times Jesus in Matthew, two different times in Mark, 
and two different times in Luke, he told us if we were going to be followers of him, we also had to take up a cross and follow. Amen. And I want to, I want to just turn to, uh, I want to turn to Romans. And, and, and Paul was going to talk to us now and tell us how. Amen. Romans chapter 12. And uh, I begin reading at the first verse. I'm sure that most of you could quote this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in God, which is your reasonable service. Don't get conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. How do you renew your mind? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Uh, make yourself a living sacrifice. That's number one, Paul was saying. Number two, don't conform to the way the world is. Number three, be transformed. Now, we know what transform means in little kids' toys. It's, it's, a, it's a car. It's a tractor. It's this. It's that. It's a plane. You know, they, they can transformers. Amen. But you and I need to transform ourselves into a living sacrifice for the Lord. That's, that's what Jesus was trying to get across to the disciples. And they couldn't get across that he was going to be a sacrifice. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. We've already said that. Ephesians chapter 3. And what I, what I felt is in these passages of scriptures here, the question that Jesus was asking was trying to awaken up the disciples. If you're going to follow me, it's not going to be a good road. It's not going to be easy believism and easy going. How many, how many, well, 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 let me see. I, I will ask it. How many, how many people in the, how many people in Dothan you think that, that that are lost? Sinners. They're sinners. They're lost. I'm gonna tell you one of the hardest things for you to do is go knock on doors and find a sinner. I have knocked on hundreds and thousands of doors and I can't find a sinner. That's right. You go ask them when you knock on the door and start asking them about where they go to church. And, uh, of course, they, most of them don't go, but uh, everything's all right. But Jesus is trying to get his disciples to understand if you're going to follow me, it's going to be a sacrificial life. This whole chapter. Read it, go home and read it, and you will see that Jesus was just endeavoring to wake them up to the fact that I want you to be committed to me. I want you to surrender me to me. I want you to know that I'm going to take you to heaven. But you're going Amen. And the road of sacrifice. Ephesians 3 and verse number 7. Wherefore I, I was made a minister. Paul, this is Paul talking to the Ephesian church. I was made a minister according to the gift of, of the grace of God given unto me by an effectual workings of his power unto me who am least, amen, and the least... Uh, who is less than the least of the, all the saints, is this grace given un, that I should preach the gospel or preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of God, riches of Christ. 
and to make all men to see what is the fellowship of his mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden in God, who's created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now until the, amen, principalities and the powers in, in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, amen, everything's going to be all right. I, I, I do want to do that. I want to make it sure that uh, I, we leave here knowing God's got everything under control. God's hands is about us. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And praise God. We're on our way to help. Excited. And yet we do know that this is a life of commitment and sacrifice. Not, uh, we're not suffering from the punishments of uh, our, 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 our uh, government just yet. But uh, I'll make a few statements of my own right here. But I, I think that we can look at, look at the way things are going in, in America and you will, you, you, I, if you're like me, I cannot fathom the thing that's going on in America. I can't comprehend the thoughts of the minds of our politicians and to know that how that things are going is downhill fast. And I'm reminded of, uh, of, of Israel and Judah. And God pleaded with them with the prophets and, the, and they're trying to wake them up. And they never could grasp. We've got some promises of God that this is our land. Well, live for God. No, we're, we're, we're following after Baal. We got these promises. This land's ours, and God said it was going to be ours, and He was going to protect us here. You, you're protected of God as long as you're living for Him. But Israel, Israel went into captivity, and, and Judah went into captivity by by nations that was much worse than they were. And that's exactly where we are in America right now. This is Patterson prophecy. We better wake up. The church, amen, God's going to come after his church. Now, we're going to sacrifice for, for the evangelism, but we're not going to sacrifice because we love God and we submit to him. Amen. We hadn't yet resisted on the blood, as the scripture says. My Lord's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. But he's coming after a people that's made themselves ready. Amen. My final statement, my final statement is found in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26. Matthew 16 and 26. I'll read verse 25 too. What? Unto whosoever will save his life is going to lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And then what would it profit a man or a woman if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus said those words after he was correcting the disciples and let them get to understand, amen, if you're going to follow me, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. And he was understanding, letting us know that we've got to lose our life for him. That means lose our whatever. But what would it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul, or what would he give in exchange? What is, it, what, what is it that we would give? 
in exchange for our soul? What do we have? You know, you understand what I'm saying. It would be foolish to think that. And, and I, I know that there are people sitting right here that their dreams and desires is to make it good in this world. I want to have money to take care of myself and I want to have money for this and money for that and bank accounts and boats and cabins and stuff. It's the, it's, it's the ideal thing for humankind. But every one of those things is a detriment to your spiritual life. I think I could say that. Forgive me for... If we don't watch it, our mind is upon getting rather than giving. But we, have, we can't give enough. What would the profit of man if he gained the whole world? Trillions upon trillions and trillions of dollars. The greatest thing that you have right now is your soul. Don't lose it for anything that this world has to offer. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for your love for us. And I thank you for the sacrifice that you made. And I thank you for those disciples, Lord, that God, when, you, when they recognized, Lord, what they were giving up, and what they were, what they were following you, God, knowing that, Lord, Heaven is more important than anything else in this world. And I wish I could get that across to every one of us, and Lord, myself too, that we don't need to be thinking about existence in this world as much as being thinking about yonder. And I pray, God, tonight that you would somehow help our minds, God, to be drawn to this. What can we do for you? We don't want to bear our talents. We want, to, we want to stand before you, God, saying that this is, we, we, we give this and that to you. God, we've, we've brought some more souls with us. I pray, Jesus, that we all, God, tonight, Lord, would be just thinking about somebody there. We can pray for, we can invite them to church, we can bring them to church and see, God, that somehow what talents we have, God, we can offer them to you for service. Sacrifice in our time, our monies, our God, to see a soul saved. In Jesus' name, amen. And the Lord bless you.